Do we still need 20% down to buy a house? Mortgage insurance, what the heck does that even do? Today we have Courtney Hall from Essent Mortgage Insurance. She's gonna break down some of the basics for us and also let us know where this market's heading. Been seeing forbearances, late payments. Are we diving into a foreclosure market? My name is Addie Nett. This is MLO. Enjoy the show. Great. And I think before we dive into a bunch of complicated stuff, you know, I let's just go into some basics. As you were saying before we hopped on live here, um, what is mortgage insurance? I mean, people, home buyers, home sellers, even some agents need to know. Like, could you give us a little bit of a rundown on what that does and what it does sure. for us? For sure. So just a little bit about the basics. Mortgage insurance provides protection to lenders and mortgage investors against loss in the event a borrower defaults on his or her mortgage. So when the financial institution lends money to a borrower to purchase a home, the borrower has to make an investment equity, i.e. your down payment, right? So most people want to put down as little as possible, 3%, 5%. So depending on the amount of the down payment, the lender may require MI to protect itself against the possibility of the borrower Mm -hmm. will not repay the loan. So that's where MI comes in. Analysis has consistently shown that the lower the down payment, the less equity correlates with a higher default rate. So most of the time, you know, those people that put a small down payment in, they're going to be just fine. But every once in a while, there will be a default. And that's where MI comes in. So typically, you know, if you're putting less than 20% down, then you're going to need private mortgage insurance or MI. Yep. Um, so there's still a lot of people out there who think like, that you don't need it or like you have to put 20% down to buy a home. There's still a ton of people. Right. So, so much misconception there. And it's so funny because you can ask people and they come with the most random answers. Like I was talking, giving a presentation a little while ago mm-hmm. and I said, um, how much do you guys think that you need to have like as a down payment? What's the typical? And this was a room of loan officers and a young lady raised her hand and she's like, well, we were just at a party, a bunch of millennials, and we all decided it was 11%. Like, 11. I'm like where, where do you even come up with 11%? <laughs> like, that's the most random thing ever, but people just don't know, right? Mm-hmm. So less than 20%, you need MI. Of course, there's the government programs like the FHA and the VA that they have their own coverage. And then there's the private mortgage insurance companies like Essence. They're licensed by the state insurance departments. And that's what, what we do is provide that MI. That's a great breakdown and great. So, um, yeah. And um, basically what the, the coverage is, is this protection that provided to the lender. So it reduces the risk. So it reduces the exposure. So for example, if you put 5% down on a loan, and we provide 30% coverage as a private mortgage insurance company, then that reduces the lender's exposure to 67% instead of 95%. Mm -hmm. So we're going to cover if there's a loss in that, um, on that loan, we're going to cover that anything above that 67% of that loan's value. So just to make it clear, the insurance is for the bank or the lender that's providing the mortgage. It's not, I get that question all the time as a loan officer. So, yeah. So if I have mortgage insurance, is that something I can tap into? Um, say I can't make my payment and I'm, they're going to cover it for me. That's like, I've had people ask me that before. No, they're not. They're not going to cover your, um, 
There's no leniency there. There's nothing. Pass away. (laughs) No leniency there. So what happens basically in the event of default, let's say, um, or even forbearance. So forbearance is right. You've talked to your lender, you've had the conversation and they're going to let you um, hold off on making that payment, say for one month, two months, three months, whatever that is. When that loan goes to forbearance, technically on the mortgage insurance side, we say it's in default because it's not current at this time. So um, if it goes from forbearance and then they still aren't able to make their payment, like a modification is not done. So typically at the end of forbearance, if they can work it out, they're going to do a modification. They're going to capitalize that interest and move it to the back of the loan. Um, Then, you know, everything works out and everybody's happy. Well, if it doesn't and it goes into default and there has to be a foreclosure, that mortgage insurance is going to cover the cost of the foreclosure. And then if there's any, um, right now we're not in a down market, but who knows? Mm -hmm. But if let's just say that the note amount that was still owed on that loan was $200,000 and they were only able to sell the house for $190,000, that mortgage insurance would cover that gap, that $10,000 gap, plus the cost of the foreclosure costs, which are another cost to the the lender um, because they would have to pay Mm-hmm. for the proceedings for the foreclosure. So with all the forbearance going on and just, do you know on your end, so M- mortgage insurance won't be affected until we're actually at a default, correct? Correct. We start reserving once the forbearance starts. So if if you go and talk to your lender about forbearance, then we set up, you know, we're, we're looking at, um, we're looking that, at that loan as if it's already in default so that we're prepared, mm-hmm. um, even though you can come back from your forbearance and not ever go to a full default. Okay. But um, that, that is correct. Okay. So as the mortgage insurance is essentially going to assist us from having this huge downfall on the lending side and the banking side, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, um, you know, I'm not current on what the laws are right now, but mm-hmm. before the last downturn, if you had your house foreclosed on and there was that gap I was talking about that you only sold it for 190 and it was worth, you know, and you owed 200, Mm -hmm. you would be responsible for that amount that you were underwater. And so um, the rules changed at that time that if it was a primary residence, you're not responsible for that. I'm not certain uh, under certain rules, what those currently are, you definitely need to talk to a financial advisor on Mm -hmm. that. But that could be something else that comes into play because you would be responsible for that, whether you pay the taxes on that loss, that kind of stuff, which Mm -hmm. can get very expensive. Okay. Okay. So just to keep this dumbing down too, so that anybody that doesn't (laughs) talk about this all day long understands. So generally, most of the time, um, you, you are paying a monthly mortgage payment. And if you put less than 20% down for most people, a part of that monthly payment is a mortgage insurance premium that you are paying to a company like Courtney's. So I think that it's really important to maybe people that are planning to buy, like they've got solid jobs right now, they're feeling secure, maybe this is a time to take advantage of a market, um, to talk about some key things that people right. can do to reduce that premium. So let, let's just open up a little bit. What are some major factors on a conventional loan that could make a mortgage insurance premium super high and super low, Courtney? Perfect. 
So some of the things that can improve your rate on mortgage insurance, and this is going to improve your note rate also overall, mm-hmm. is going to be um, good credit score. So that's important because everything is risk-based these days. Yeah. So good credit score, lower debt-to-income ratio, so the amount you pay out every month compared to what your income is. And then the other is a loan-to-value is also calculated in there. So mm-hmm. if you're only going to put down 3%, then you're going to need, we talked about a little bit earlier, the coverage amount. So at at 3%, you're going to need 35% coverage. But if you had, let's say, 10% down, mm-hmm. then you're only going to need 25% coverage. So that reduces your um, amount of MI that you would need. So again, the premium would go down based on that. Well, and one thing that I would, and we got to use general terms and everyone's scenario yeah. is different per credit loan program. We got to say all that compliance stuff, guys. Right. But I'll tell you, one of the bigger things I'm seeing is if you're under a 700 credit score, you get really hit hard on the mortgage insurance rate. And I like to use the analogy of car insurance, because if you've kind of maybe had some speeding tickets or a crash, um, you're going to have a higher auto insurance coverage than, you know, maybe somebody that has a perfect clean driving record. It works very much the same in mortgage insurance. So if you've got, say, a 780 credit, an 800 credit score, and you have that premium unicorn credit that only Grandma Joe has, you're going to have a much lower premium because it's yes. like, to your point, Courtney, it's risk-based, you know? Right. Okay. Yes. It is risk-based. There's other factors that go into that also, you know, and not everybody looks at all the same factors. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for every MI company. But those are the main that you can definitely change on your own are having better credit. Mm -hmm. So work on making those payments on time. Second of all, the debt to income ratio being in line. So, Mm -hmm. you know, not have a bunch of credit card debt and different things like that. Big old high Mm -hmm. car payments to your point there Mm -hmm. um, when you're going to shop, because that's also going to allow you to qualify for more mortgage. Right. Mm -hmm. And then um, if you can put a little bit more down, great. If not, you know, like I said, anything 97% loan to value, we will go up to. So, um, but the same with your note rate, as you know, Addison, as Mm -hmm. the loan officer, those things all affect that also. So Mm -hmm. if you can improve on those, it's going to help you all the way around. So one thing that, and maybe you could debunk me or whatnot, but one thing that I used to see was kind of tier level on the down payment improvements. So like, 3% down being the lowest uh, conforming down payment if you're a first-time homebuyer, then it jumps to 5%. And then usually I didn't see much huge improvement from to 10% till 10%. But now I'm kind of seeing a little more dynamic pricing. Is that something that you could speak to over the last couple years? Maybe like, is did I just make up that term dynamic pricing with MI? No, I like, I like, dynamic it sounds cooler than risk-based oh yeah Um, yeah totally (laughs) yeah so it's risk-based pricing nearly all of the mis have some sort of risk-based pricing that that they're using um so yes we're looking at all of those things that i just talked about plus you know how much reserves do you have so how Mm -hmm. much savings do you have Mm. how long have you been on this job so, you know, the the more we get into the risk base, the more factors that we can look at and see what is the risk of this particular borrower. Um, because, you know, there may be a borrower that's at, you know, a 
40% debt to income ratio. However, they've been at their job for 10 years and their income is $12,000 a month. So they have a lot more residual income after their payment Mm -hmm. than someone that's at a 40% DTI with a $4,000 a month income. Right, right. It makes a huge difference in, in what they have as far as capacity. Well, and you know, a lot of that makes sense. You know, loan officers, I'm pretty sure real estate agents probably grasp all that. But to the home buyer, um, the DTI thing might be a little bit confusing. So just to summarize that up, like debt to income ratio um, is calculated from your gross monthly income over your liabilities, which are all those monthly payments that come up on a pulled credit report. So not your like phone bill or your PGE, but those hard pull monthly payments. And that's where they're getting that ratio. So the lower that is, what Courtney's explaining to us is that will factor into the dynamic pricing, as I'm calling it, toward your monthly premium. So if you're super yeah. extended, you're likely going to be a little bit of a higher premium, which increases your monthly mortgage or your mortgage payment. Correct. Well, and one, right? one yeah. thing, and I'd like your take on this, I've always been more because like I use the general rule of thumb that like, $10,000, whether it's down payment or change in sales price, will typically swing the mortgage payment about $50. Very estimate, once again, compliance here. Just general sure. rule of thumb I use personally when looking at homes. Um, but to me, you know, if I'm in a great position with mortgage insurance, I have good credit, I have, uh, I'm not overextended, I'd rather have $10,000 in the bank, especially right now when there's a lot of uncertainty, and maybe carry a smaller yeah. premium that could be 60 to $90 a month for some people. Sure. Yeah, that's a huge thing to consider when, um, I would just say, when you're out shopping and you're talking to your loan officer, mm-hmm. for sure, talk to them not only about, um, you know, if you put less down, then what does the MI look like, but also what are the options? Because we don't do just monthly premiums. You can do an upfront, what we call a single premium. Mm -hmm. So at closing, you would either pay for that or finance it, or you could use seller credit to cover that. And then that monthly um, amount is not in your loan at all. You've paid for upfront at a one-time fee. And so that gives you, again, more capacity to borrow Mm -hmm. or just reduce your mortgage payment the monthly amount because you're not seeing that payment in there that you're not paying it every single month. Right. Exactly. Um, I love that input and I just wrote, that's great. Um, kind of like transitioning toward a close here a little bit. I would like to ask. Sure. So with what's going on and forbearances taking place on mortgages and you know, we're probably going to see defaults. Um, how is that going? How, in your opinion, is that going to affect mortgage insurance premiums for people buying in the future? Does that mean it's going to be like really hard for anyone that doesn't have that unicorn credit like Grandma Joe to get a decent premium? That Grandma Joe, I love her. Um, no. <laughs> she couldn't no. make it today. But I will say that there has been some adjustments in the market um, based on what's happening. So you will see some increases in price from the MI companies mm-hmm. as far as that goes, because again, it's risk-based and we're in a more risky environment right mm-hmm. now, right? Um, it's it's challenged, uh, but we have seen some price increases and I think that you're gonna see that across the board. It doesn't mean that it's gonna go away. We will 
I'm sure have to pay out on some policies. That's just going to happen. Um, but you know, we will still be here. We're very well capitalized Mm -hmm. and that makes a huge difference that you're prepared. And the thing is compared to, let's say the last downturn, those were some scary loan products that Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily have all the attributes that we have now. And so you have much more qualified borrowers that are in our portfolios now that, you know, it's not likely that they're just going to walk away. Mm-hmm. They just might have some challenges and we might have to work through some things with them. Yeah. But no, you will definitely have be have the ability to get mortgage insurance after we're done with this pandemic yeah. and um, move forward. That's, for sure. <clears throat> that's great to know. And I think one common question that I get a lot as a one officer that I forgot to bring up is like, does mortgage insurance stay on for the 30 years of my loan? Like, Common question. Um, So very common question. Get it all the time, especially Mm -hmm. with all the refis going on. So you can request mortgage insurance to come off at 80% loan to value. It is required to come off at 78% loan to value. So um, that is definitely a great question. Yeah. At at 80, you have to, yes, put it in writing, request it off to your servicer. It's going to come off at 78 though. So would they call you that or me or what? apply to all. They're going to call the servicer. So whoever you make your mortgage loan payment to, that's who you're going to reach out to. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really They're good. Gonna, like, really good to know, guys. And there's actually, I mean, there's people who might be in a position right now to have that mortgage insurance completely removed and they don't even know it. They just got a call. So check your, your mortgage balance. Yeah. Um, and your LTV on that. If there's anything that we can do to help you out with that, just let us know. Shoot us a DM or a text or whatnot. Um, but Courtney, I want to thank you for your time today. And I think this is one of those subjects that are often overlooked and not talked about. And there are questions that we get all the time. So I love that we went through some of the basics, but we still talked about current and what's going on in the market and how this might affect people now and in the future of buying their homes. For sure. And if anybody has any questions, I'm always happy to help and answer. Um, I was a loan officer for almost 20 years before I started doing MI. So I am happy to help with anything you guys have questions about. Absolutely love it. Thanks so much, Courtney. We really appreciate your time today and have a good rest of your afternoon. Thank you. I appreciate you.